Hello, and welcome to The Lucy Lou Show, the fueling station for your mind, business, and life. And now, here's your host, Lucy Liu. Hello, hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to another episode. And as this episode lands on Chinese New Year, I am here to say Happy Chinese New Year. Happy Lunar New Year. Wishing you in the ear of the ox to be fully loaded with happiness, filled with success, good health, and prosperity for you and your loved ones. Today on the show, I have Nazira, who is a virtual attorney based out of Los Angeles. Nazira counsels U.S. and international clients on obtaining and protecting trademarks, copyrights, branding strategies, trade secrets, and data protection for their commercial matters. Being virtual helps Nazira save on traditional costs of running a law firm and allows her to pass on those savings to her clients while providing top quality service. We're here today to talk about all things trademarks, what it is, how the process looks like, and many other things involved with getting a trademark. So without further ado, here's Nazira. Welcome to the show, Nazira. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me here, Lucy. It's an absolute pleasure being here with you and your audience. Thank you. I'm so excited because whether you're just starting out a company or you're rebranding, whatever it is that you're doing, whether it's product-based, service-based, anything, trademark registration comes in, right? So please tell us a little more in detail about what a trademark is. Absolutely. I'm so glad you asked me this question. So trademarks is a way of protecting your brand uh, and protecting your brand identity elements. So one of the you know most common things people think of when they think of a trademark is, is most likely the name of a brand. So for example, Nike, Apple, Victoria's Secret, Chanel, any uh, big ne- name you can think of, these are all trademarked uh, brand names. But a little less known fact is that you can actually trademark other brand identity elements as well, such as your brand logo, if you have a unique sound associated with your brand. And the best way to understand this unique sound part is if you listen to BBC World News, there is a very unique sound that starts right before the news starts. And that sound is their trademark. So anything that basically describes your brand is can be applied for trademark registration. So trademarks are mostly federal. Trademarks are essentially that it's a federal registration that you get from the United States Patent and Trademark Office. You can also get uh, local state trademarks. But it is a way of it's a registration that helps you protect your brand and it helps you stop other people from copying your brand, using your brand name and your brand identity elements without your permission. So it is pretty much, if you think about it, the very foundation of your business. So your brand, uh, your business, the, the way to protect it, the first step is to get a trademark registration. So say you're starting an LLC. Do you need to? 
trademark that company name? Um, well, it depends. So if your company name is the same as your brand name, then yes. If it's not going to be the same as your brand name, then no, you don't really need to get a trademark for your company name. An example of this can be, for example, Huda Beauty, the beauty brand. So Huda Beauty, that is the name of their company as well as their one of their brand lines. They also have other brands such as Wishful. They just recently came out with the skincare line. So in that case, you would need to get a trademark registration for your company name, if it's the same as your brand name. However, if your company name is, for example, uh, your company name is Five Star LLC, okay? And you're under Five Star LLC, you are making uh, skincare products, you also have vacation uh, rentals, for example, and they each have different names. So the skincare product will be one trademark, the vacation rental business will be another trademark. But if your main company name is, is kind of a generic and not really unique, then you don't really need to get a trademark. You only should think of getting a trademark when it is going to be the brand name under which you sell your products and services. So you would need individual trademarks for everything that you use in your business. How about, for example, your slogan, or if you were a course provider, do you also need to trademark your course names and program names? Good question. So slogans is actually one of the brand identity elements that you can get a trademark for. So think about Maybelline's, you know, she's born with it or Nike's just do it. Like these are very, very well-known famous slogans and they're all trademarked. As far as, you know, course creators uh, are concerned, then yes, if you have a signature program, if you have a signature course and it's not a generic name. So for example, if you teach accounting principles and you're just calling your course the accounting course, then most likely other people in the industry who are teaching accounting will have you know, a similar name. But say if you came up with something, you know, something really clever, something really unique for your course name, like the accounting pros course, for example, I'm just, you know, just giving ideas here. But like, if a name is like that, then yes, if it's going to be your, you know, your signature course, it's going to be a brand that you build and that you promote, then absolutely, it needs to be trademarked. Can you publicly search on the web by yourself to see if the name that you want to trademark is already in use? That's a great question. So the short answer is yes and no. So the way you can search by yourself is you go to uspto.gov and it, once you're on that website, you're going to see there is a portal for trademarks and you can put in search terms and try to see if someone has registered the same name as uh, you or the name that you want. And what the USPTO registry does is it returns exact search results. So if you are searching for, for example, the accounting pros, it's going to return a search result, which will show whether or not anyone got that exact name, accounting pros. However, that sometimes is not useful. It's useful when you're trying to do a quick search and you just wanna see if that exact name is taken. But before you actually finalize a brand name and you start the trademark process with that name, or even if you don't start the trademark process straight away, but you wanna finalize a brand name because you wanna start the promotions, the marketing with that name, 
I always recommend, not only me, other attorneys will always recommend that you do a comprehensive search, which means that yes, you look at the USPTO site to see if an exact name has been registered, but you also want to know if a similar name has been registered, which doesn't come back from the USPTO direct search like that. You have to get a little creative with your searches and you know, put in uh, additional terms and see if a similar name has been registered. The reason being, if there is a similar name that's registered and they're also selling the same products or services that you want to sell, your application might get refused because the PTO will say this is already too similar to a prior registered mark. And even if you don't apply with the USPTO, one a rule of thumb that I always tell my clients is that when you get a search result that says or that shows you that there's someone else who's using a similar name such as yours, you might want to think about using that name because that registered owner of that trademark, they have the right to come and stop you from using that name because that's the whole reason they got the trademark in the first place. So someone else cannot use the same name or a similar sounding name. So yes, you can do a search, but you know it is recommended that you do a bit of more comprehensive search if you're very, very serious about launching the brand and you know making sales from it and then eventually getting a registration from it. So you mentioned the word registered trademark. Is there a difference between registered trademark and unregistered trademark? Um, yes. So when you apply for a trademark, your trademark essentially at that point is not registered. You're only applying for it. It's pending. The only way you can call a mark registered is when it goes through all the process of the PTO and the PTO actually issues a registration certificate for that mark. So that receives federal protection. Without that, your trademark isn't really registered, but you know, you can't, you can call it a trademark, but it's, it's more about technicality at that point. You can call it a trademark, but it's more of a common law trademark. It's unregistered. So the protection is seriously low. You're talking about protection only in that one geographical area where your business is. And even then, it depends if other people in that same geographical area are using the same name as yours, if they started using it before you. So all of this confusion happens when you have an unregistered mark. And it's very, very difficult to stop infringement or stop misuse and abuse of your mark when it's unregistered. Because when you're going to ask someone to stop using a trademark that is yours, the first thing they're going to ask for is show me your registration certificate. And it's the same when you go to court. Courts prefer registrations. They don't like to deal with things that are unregistered because the whole situation becomes his word versus her word, who started using it first, and all of that drama happens. But when you have a registration certificate, you have a registered trademark, there are several benefits to it. A, you are assumed to be the owner. B, it's assumed that this trademark is valid and it has priority rights over other trademarks. And you can you know, also basically go after other people who are using a similar name. You can create franchises. You can create licenses out of that trademark. So the benefits of a registered trademark are significantly higher than if you don't have a registered trademark. I think most often we see these symbols, the TM and a little R inside a circle. Is there a difference between those two symbols? Yes, there is. So the R symbol stands for registered. 
So you can only use the R symbol next to trademarks that have gone through the registration process and they've received a registration certificate. It also means that this registration is active. So trademark owner has renewed the registration and this is a strong uh, active trademark. That's what the R stands for. The TM, on the other hand, it just, you know, it just means you're claiming trademark protection and it, it doesn't mean that necessarily you're registered. So you can use the TM symbol next to your brand name or your logo while your application is pending, even before you apply for your app, uh, you know, application or even after you get registered, you can still use the TM. But the only way you can use the R is after you're registered. You know, I was told if you're the first one to put the TM next to a name, then you have the right to claim that name first. Is that true? No, <laughs> that's incorrect. In the US, the way it works is that you have to first file. So whoever files first gets priority, files for the application, for the trademark application. And say if another person files around the same time as you, then the one that gets the priority is the one that has the earlier date of use. So whoever started using the mark first in their industry will get priority. However, usually it's it's the filing. That's the date that we go with. Mm -hmm. And the trademark application process can seem really overwhelming. Yes. How does the process really look like? That's a great question. So the trademark process can be a bit overwhelming, but I mean, there is a system to it. So for example, the first step is we would run clearance searches. Whenever a client says, this is the name I want, this is the logo I want, or the slogan, whatever it is, we run a clearance search to see if there are prior registered marks, if there are similar sounding marks in the same industry. Once the result comes back, if the result is like glaringly negative, there is an exact same mark that is registered in someone in the same industry, then we let the client know and we ask the client to actually consider rebranding before we submit the application. If the results come back fairly positive that yes, there are some marks, but we don't really anticipate that kind of a pushback from the PTO we'll go ahead and file the application. And it's the same with if a result comes, you know, if a search result comes back absolutely clean, then there's no questions asked that, you know, you just file the very next day. So you submit your application, we put together the application, we submit the application. And after that, you actually don't hear back from the PTO for about three months. For three months, it, your application is just pending, nothing happens to it. And then after around three months is when the USPTO assigns an examining attorney to your application. Once the examining attorney, you know, starts working on your application, they're basically going to investigate. They're going to investigate on your website, on your social media, see whether or not you're actually using the mark for the purposes you said you are going to be using it. If And they're going to run their own search to see if there are other registered marks that can you know, be in conflict with this, they're going to do all of that. Depending on their investigation, examining attorneys can issue objections, they can issue rejections. And those are generally called the technical term of those are office actions. And those are of two types. So one type of office action, which are called the non substantive ones, they are generally easier to fix. It's usually a technical requirement, an amendment that needs to be done with the application, a minor thing has to be changed, and then that's it. But other times your application 
can receive what is called a substantive office action, which are heavy refusals. So they will be refusals that require legal arguments to be presented. So you would have to draft legal arguments and present them. And some examples of those are, you know, they they can find a mark that they think is very similar to your mark and they're saying, okay, we can't register this. Or they can say, oh no, this trademark actually describes what you're going to be doing, so we can't register this. So there can be various objections and rejections, but that's the job of the attorney at that point because this is where it gets very, very legal and technical and kind of mucky when the office actions come in because you would have to know properly how to respond to it, how to be strategic about the responses so your trademark doesn't get affected too much. Because even with non-substantive office actions, the examining attorney will ask you to make various changes. Some changes are okay. Other changes might affect your trademark too much. At that point, you know, the, the attorney has to step in and negotiate. So this is basically what happens. And after this whole office action phase is done and your application's investigation is completed, then the PTO will issue a registration. So the whole process, whenever someone asks me how long should I kind of budget time-wise, the whole process can take you anywhere between six to nine months because at the three-month timeline, they start working on your application. So roughly you're looking at an average of six months time before you can get a registration. So after you get the registration, how long is a trademark valid for? Um, a trademark is valid pretty much for as long as you want to renew it for. So uh, after you get your registration, the first renewal is due within five years. So for five years, you don't really have to worry about renewal. You just continue using the trademark. And after the, you know, when it hits the five-year mark, you will essentially have to submit proof to the USPTO and certify that you're continuing to use this trademark for those uh, classes of products and services and your registration gets renewed. And then after that, you know, it's again, after that, it's five years. So it, it, it's like that. So it, you're not renewing it every year, but five years and then 10 years. And then you eventually hit a point where you can apply for incontestability, which means that your trademark has been around for so long that now it should be virtually incontestable. If you apply for a U.S. trademark, are you also protected in other countries? That's a really good question. So trademarks are very, very territorial in nature. They are good for that particular territory. But when you apply for a U.S. trademark, you do have certain benefits. So the United States is part of NAFTA. It's part of the Madrid Protocol, which is an international trademark treaty. And over 100 countries are members of the Madrid Protocol. So when you apply for a US trademark, you have six months within which you can apply at other Madrid Protocol member countries and you will get priority. So what that means essentially is that if say you're in the US and you wanna apply in Spain, for example, and you file a US application and within six months, you file your application in Spain as well. Now, right before you file your application in Spain, someone else in Spain files the application. It's the same application, the same brand name as yours and for the same kinds of products and services. But your application at that point is going to get priority over that other application because of your priority date in the U.S. 
So there are certain benefits. The U.S. is part of a lot of international treaties. So whoever registers in the U.S. gets that, you know, that advantage that you get that six month priority. So, yeah, you do get some kind of protection, but you still have to apply for it. So that's the important thing to remember about trademarks is trademarks are very, very specific to territory. If you want to have business operations in Canada, in Mexico, you will get priority because you have a U.S. trademark, but you still have to apply in those countries. Awesome. Thank you so much for your knowledge. Is there a quote that you go by in life? Uh, yes, I do. Actually, from, uh, from my childhood, I've always liked this quote, you know, treat others as you would like to be treated. And it's a very simple, basic quote, but it, it helps me, you know, conduct my day to day life. I Whenever I'm talking to anyone, be it my clients, my friends, my coworkers, I always like to, you know, make them feel heard and taken care of and basically make them feel important when I'm talking to them. So my attention is on them because I like to feel that way. And I've seen that it has actually been really been really good for me in terms of business because people feel comfortable when they're talking to me and, you know, the whole experience is really pleasant and that has helped me a lot. So I would say that quote. Oh, that's beautiful. Okay. Yeah. So if you're listening and you have some more trademark questions, get in touch with Nazira. She's the expert. And where can we find you at? Um, yeah, so you can find me on uh, on my social media pages. So I'm on Instagram. That's where I mostly like to hang out. And my Instagram handle is at Nazaira ESQ. So that's at N-U-Z-A-Y-R-A-E-S-Q. And you can actually also find me on TikTok. And it's the same handle. It's at Nazaira ESQ. Or you can also go to my website, which is www.nhlegal.net. Thank you. Thank you so much. To all the beautiful souls listening, thank you for joining me on this episode of The Lucy Liu Show. When I'm not podcasting, I am coaching high-achieving women in life transitions, getting unstuck, kissing overwhelmed goodbye, and living a more joyful and fulfilled life through strategic goal setting and mindset transformation. It would mean the world to me if you subscribe, rate, or share this with a friend. And don't forget to join me for the next episode. Remember, there is always a way and more blessings are coming your way. For free resources and show notes, head over to lucylucoaching.com. 